Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Antony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 94. In this episode, disowning my own work. You're listening to Demolition News Radio. Movie buffs might be familiar with the name Alan Smithy. Smithy is credited as the director of dozens of films between 1968 and the year 2000. But Smithy doesn't actually exist. This was a pseudonym used by studios when, for one reason or another, a director chose to disown his own work, often as a reaction to the way in which a movie had been edited for TV or for broadcast on an airline. Movies appearing under Smithy's name included Catch Fire, which was directed by the late, great Dennis Hopper, Woman Wanted, which was directed by Kiefer Sutherland, The Guardian, from Exorcist director William Friedkin, and the television edit of Heat, starring Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, which was actually directed by Michael Mann. The use of Smithy's name was effectively outlawed in the year 2000, but the practice of directors disassociating themselves from their own work continues to this day. Director Tony Kay wanted his name removed from one of my favourite movies, American History X, because he was unhappy with the final cut. Michael Bay attempted to distance himself from the first Transformers sequel. I've seen it, and I don't blame him. Most recently, Thomas Alfredson did likewise with The Snowman, starring Michael Fassbender. Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. Back in 2010, I was working as the press officer of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors. It was an exciting time. The Federation had just moved into a new premises in Hemel Hempstead, and although the Paradise Address could and should have been queried under the Trade Descriptions Act, the Federation was on a roll towards what would be its 70th anniversary. To coincide with that anniversary, I'd been commissioned to write a book charting the history of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors. It was a monumental undertaking. Although the Federation's recent history was readily available from the mouths of those that lived it and experienced it, the early years required me to trawl through dozens of leather-bound volumes of meeting minutes dating back to the Federation's foundation in 1941. The research element alone took well over a year. But it was fascinating. Legend has it that the Federation was formed in direct response to a request from Winston Churchill to make safe the many London buildings damaged during the Blitz. Through these leather volumes, it was possible to chart the changing face of the demolition industry, the constant striving for safety, the origins of modern training regimes and job titles, the dawning of mechanical methods and man's gradual removal from the work face. The demolition industry's gradual emergence from beneath the shadow of the larger construction sector. And most notably, the willingness of members to set aside rivalries for the greater good of the industry. The book was ultimately self-published in time for the Federation's 70th anniversary celebrations. I was immensely proud of the book, not least because it was the first time that my name had appeared as author rather than journalist. I gave my parents a copy, even though they have precious little interest in demolition. I gave copies to friends and family that had expressed an interest. NFDC members received a copy, and if I recall rightly, a bunch were given to the European Demolition Association and the National Demolition Association in America too. Just a few months later, I would be fired by the NFDC. 
In fact, my firing delayed my payment for the research and writing of the book by several months. But I'd written a book, and sacked or not, I was an author. Demolition News Radio is the podcast of demolitionnews.com and the Demolition Magazine. Over the years, there's been suggestion that I have an axe to grind against the NFDC. So let me state for the record, they did me the greatest favour possible when they fired me. Without that impetus, demolitionnews.com would have remained a hobby, a sideline. Without that motivation, the Demolition Magazine wouldn't exist. Demolition TV would never have happened, and you certainly wouldn't be listening to this show either. But I do have some regrets. I was fortunate enough to work with three very good and very memorable NFDC presidents. David Clark, outspoken and often belligerent. John Ring, quiet and considered. David Darcy, passionate and forceful. I look back on my time working alongside those three presidents with enormous affection and nostalgia. And there were other highs too. The NFDC convention in Monte Carlo, writing the original guidance notes for the use of high-reach excavators with the current president, Paul Brown, as my co-author. Helping to launch the NFDC demo days that would evolve into the demo expo of today. Which is why it pains me so much to see what's become of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors in recent times. Be sure to check out Demolition TV on YouTube, the only YouTube show dedicated to demolition. I was sat in an NFDC meeting during David Darcy's presidency that ran from 2009 to 2011, and which therefore coincided with the arrival of the deepest and most prolonged economic recession in living memory. The meeting was heated, and there was much talk about raising fees, the cost of the site audit, and a host of other matters that could make Federation membership more expensive at a time when many could least afford it. Darcy could be forceful and outspoken, but on this occasion he sat quietly and listened. When the time came for him to speak, he said simply, It's tough out there. As a Federation we should be putting an arm around our members' shoulders, not penalising them. In one sentence, he summed up the real reason for a trade association to exist. That feeling of mutual support, of shared understanding, of unity. The National Federation of Demolition Contractors emerged from London's darkest hour, and it survived the darkest days of the recession, even though a good many of its members didn't. But that unity, that Dunkirk spirit, has seemingly faded to be replaced by an atmosphere of covert conversations, backbiting, and political manoeuvring. Tomorrow, the Federation is hosting an extraordinary general meeting that could well decide the future of the incumbent president and of the Federation itself. Such conduct and such self-flagellation is unbecoming of the Federation's proud history. Almost regardless of the outcome of that EGM, the NFDC currently feels damaged, broken and tainted. Demolition News Radio. Putting your finger on the pulse of the industry. Here at Demolition News Towers, right beside my desk, there's a bookshelf that runs the full length of the wall and which extends from floor to ceiling. I'm looking at it now. Top left and closest to my desk, and if I'm honest, closest to my heart, is a huge array of books by Stephen King. I own just about everything he's ever written, most of them in hardback, and one or two of them have been signed. Slightly to the right is an array of autobiographies featuring unlikely bedfellows such as Muhammad Ali, David Bowie, Midua, Ray Winston, Elvis Presley, David Niven, Slash and Johnny Rotten. 
To the right of those past the piles of trashy holiday paperbacks are some smaller, slimmer volumes, each of them pristine because I grew tired of reading them while I was writing and editing them. As a result, they've never been opened. Their pages remain untouched by human hands. There's a few copies of Breaking Into Demolition. A small pile of My Dad Does Demolition and a smaller pile of My Dad Drives a Digger. There's three copies of Renaissance, Why JCB is the Apple of the Digger World. And there's a handful of copies of Demolition 2051, although most of those are due to be dispatched to paying customers shortly. And there, near the back, are five copies of Seven Decades of Strength, the history of the National Federation of Demolition Contractors. The cover's white, its sheen undiminished by the passage of time. The Federation logo appears bold in red at the top of the cover, and again ghosted and stylized into the background. And there, on the spine, tucked away in what looks like nine-point type, is my name, Mark Anthony. To subscribe to the Demolition magazine, just head over to demolitionnewsstore.com. Seven years ago, I remember looking at that name on the spine with barely concealed pride. Pride that my name was on a book and that I was an author at long last. Pride that I'd made it through the often torturous research process to bring the book to fruition. And pride that my name was linked with an organisation with such a proud 70-year history. That pride, sadly, has gone. I've published several books, better books since then, and the thrill of seeing my name on the spine has greatly diminished. But more than that, I'm no longer comfortable with my name being associated with an organisation that strayed so far from its founding principles and its core values. So I'm giving them away to the first people that express an interest in owning the remaining five copies of a book 70 years in the making and almost three years in the writing. I'll even pay for postage. And if you're happy for me to do so, I'll sign them. Best wishes, Alan Smithy. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support this show, Demolition News or The Demolition Magazine, please consider becoming a patron. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash demolition news to find out more.